All right, hour two. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is on fire today. Uh, was it was it, four, was it 5808? Said it'll have an old school feel on the text line today. Yeah, you're 100% right. Transfer portal talk has been the dominant topic of conversation today involving Jocelyn Erickson entering the portal from Oklahoma. Justin McLeod has been all over it at Just the Facts Man on Twitter. And um, I should also add, Justin's world from back in the day. What's going on, Justin McLeod? How are you, man? I'm good, sir. Appreciate you. Real quick, before we dive into your thoughts on Erickson, can you take us through your path? Like, what led you to start Justin's world? I was joking with Josh about, you know, when when we first started, we would have to – we had a list of, like, top 25 games, and we would give Coach the scores every night. And there was, like, one website that did scores – but you, you started, and it's really kind of blossomed and grown, hasn't it? It really has. I mean, I've been doing just college softball for, I guess, some either 12 or 13 seasons in now. Wow. And honestly, it just kind of started. I'm not going to lie, it kind of started on a whim. It was something that I thought might be fun. didn't know what it was going to be. Um, college softball didn't have a media presence back in you know, 2012, 2013. And I said, you know, either it's been tried and failed or nobody's tried it, let me try it. <laughs> Here we are. Congratulations, man. I love it. Extra Inning Softball is the – well, at Extra Inning SB, ExtraInningSoftball.com. What'd you make? What'd you make of the Jocelyn Erickson news yesterday? Were you surprised or did you see it coming? A little of both. Um, surprised, yes, just because Erickson, being so young, still having years in front of her. You know, last year – you, you wonder going into the year with Sidney Sanders, Kenzie Hansen, Haley Lee, Jocelyn Erickson, all kind of jockeying for two, probably three positions. We count DP. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you have to think, oh, well, there's going to be somebody who gets the short end of that stick. Um, I thought Patty and JT and everybody did a really nice job of making sure the short end of the stick wasn't actually short. Um, everybody gets to play. Some started. Some came in late, some pinch hit. You just kind of you kind of spread the love, so to speak. And in instances where you know Kenzie Hansen gets hurt, and you have Sophia Nugent there too to catch, but everybody kind of got the work. Um, so so in that sense, I thought they did a really nice job of it. Then you take Haley Lee out of the equation, and you have the same spots still to go around. Um, at, at the same time, I think anytime you have a what amounts to a team full of top talent. I think there's always going to be somebody who just, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's playing time, whether it's wanting to be closer to home, there's always going to be somebody who just, you know, the, the, the good doesn't always outweigh the bad in the sense of I'm homesick. And we saw that with Jordy Ball. I want to go home. Um, So that's what I say. A little bit of both. Um, the, The combination of, you know, I always expect something to happen. We couldn't have a quiet summer. Nobody knows what that's like from the Florida softball anymore. Um, but at the same time, I thought Erickson was a good piece of the long-term plans at OU, so in that sense, it kind of surprised me. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I did too. Um, are you hearing – have you had a chance to talk to her or her family at all? I have not. Okay, are you hearing any – I mean, does it seem like it's going to be around her area? Could it be even a, a Utah potentially in this mix? What are you hearing? Anything? Well, with, without having talked to the family, I mean, that's the early scuttle, but yeah. Um, mm. Maybe somewhere close to home. Obviously, she played for the OC Batbusters. 
which is one of the top travel ball organizations. So she could really go anywhere based on connections and also just what she did in year one. Um, but the early scuttlebutt seems to be kind of closer to home. Um, you know, she's got a sister who played at BYU and just transferred to Utah State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, sister's still playing. She's more out west. So I, that's the early scuttlebutt. I don't have anything to back that up or to underscore that at this point. But that's the, that's the early word on the street, if you will. Justin McLeod is our guest, extra inning softball. So I, I haven't really had a chance to debrief with anyone from from OU softball, and you know at, at least where it's you know comfortable and solid information. But what are you hearing right now in the portal? Are they in on Vauder, uh, Kern? What's the story there? Is there? And again, I should point out Justin's got all kinds of notes, so I want you guys to please check out his website at extrainingsoftball.com. Go subscribe today. But what are you starting to hear about some of the buzz with the Sooners in the portal? Definitely still in on Vauder. Um, from I mean, they they were Oklahoma was the odds-on favorites from the moment Atlanta Vauder went in the portal. Um, to me, I, I think that's still the case. Um, I do know that there are some other programs that still at least believe they're they're in within the sweepstakes at this point. Um, she hasn't told them no. You know, she's entertaining it and all that. Um, but I do, I do believe Oklahoma definitely is still the favorite to land Elena Valder. Um And then Taryn Kern right now, obviously transferring from Indiana, Big Ten Player of the Year as a freshman and all that. Um, right, right now the word on the street seems to be um, most likely a Pac-12 school somewhere hmm. on the West Coast is, is the word on the street at this point. Um, and, and just kind of, I guess she's biding her time, you might say. Um, I know Valder is actually out of the country right now. So that, that's one that might take us a little longer to get a announced resolution on. Um, but Kern, it looks like she's going to head somewhere a little further west. Mm. So whenever she had mistakenly posted the Washington, the pick of her in the Washington jersey, that could – or I think – I don't want to say mistakenly, but maybe accidentally. That's something to keep an eye on maybe up in Seattle with Kern? Definitely something to keep mm. an eye on, yeah. That's, right. that's one of the schools that I've heard is still certainly a possibility there. Justin, are there any – we look at catching depth now for OU. Is there any help there right now in the portal? And I don't know. Is the, You're not looking for someone that's going to play, but also a lot of these people are in the portal right now because they want to go somewhere to play. So OU's in the ultimate catch-22 when trying to find another catcher now on this roster. Well, and that's exactly what you say. It's tough because if somebody who's in the portal, especially somebody that – and I'm going to say this might sound a little bad to non-OU fans, but somebody who um, that OU is going to want, um, you, it's going to be somebody who's looking for playing time. It's going to right. be somebody who's looking for, you know, that that volume of reps and all that. You've still got some catchers in the portal that at least publicly announced aren't going anywhere. I mean, you think of like Emma Kauf from Georgia Tech is still in there. Um, she had one of the first ones to go in the portal, and you know she's she's still hanging out there, so to speak. Really, though, I think you're talking more about, um, I think of Riley Valentine, who was at Texas A&M, Alexa uh, Garcia just went in a week or so ago. And the, they are young players who haven't necessarily gotten um, a ton of playing time in the early part of their careers. Valentine, obviously, at A&M, and then I think Garcia at UCLA, where they were both behind other players. Mm-hmm. But they kind of fit that mold of highly recruited prospects, good talent, who could kind of come in because obviously Cindy Hansen's going to get, you know, the lion's share of the reps this year. Um, but, but those are players that could come in, kind of learn the OU system, potentially be there. I mean, that, that, that's really the meat of what's in the portal from the catcher's position right now anyway is those not depth pieces, 
but players who kind of need to get their sea legs under them, so to speak, to be able to be an everyday player. And, I mean, the options are still there, at least. Sure. Because um, you're, you're right. The, the, right now, I mean, you don't usually think of depth being an issue at OU, but right now it kind of does seem like, like – at least a little eyebrow raised just because it's sure. different than what we're used to seeing. Hey, and, again, we just – it's a fascinating place to be right now. You feel like some of those – outside of the Vauders and, and the Ericsons that just entered the portal, you get the sense that most of them are looking to go to a place where they're going to play a lot, right? Maybe with Vauder, she's already pitching a lot. Maybe she wants to go to a place where she has a little bit more offensive support, right? I just – she's already got a degree from Stanford – I want to go somewhere else. But in a majority of these, Oklahoma's looking for something, at least the catcher position, where you're like, come on in. But you got to wait here because we got Kenzie Hansen. You can learn from her, and you're going to even better be even better. And that's a tough sell whenever you have players that are wanting to go play. It's it's a fascinating dilemma, I'm sure, for some, for some of these uh, athletes as it gets, quote-unquote, you know, towards the close of the portal, but then towards the latest point when you want to sign because you want to be a part of summer workouts. Exactly. You want you want to get in and go ahead and be in the fold, so to speak. Yes. Um, and that's that's where some of those players who are still there, I think, could still be options. I mean, they might not be the ones that, you know, when when you know OU fans see the tweet come across, hey, we've signed so and so, we're like, oh, what a home run! It's not necessarily a Sidney Sanders or a Haley Lee, right? Um, but somebody who can actually, you know, develop into something. Um, those options are still there, and I mean, we've seen what OU does in developing talent, so out of the portal or just naturally. So, so the potential marriages are still out there, at least. Um, couple, two more quick ones, and I'll let you go. On the, the the portal side, are you hearing a lot more? Because I hope, I mean, I don't want anyone cheating, but it seems as if NIL is becoming a bigger deal. Is that factoring into any decisions quite yet with some of these players? It is. Um, okay. I think I think what we're seeing more in softball. Then, then, because you, you hear the the what people say out, out loud is, oh well, I want to do this, I want to do that, I'm just going to go here. You don't hear them talk about NIL, and, and even in softball, NIL deals are kind of quiet. You don't see them announced. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, not college football players you see on TV commercials or whatever. But I really think what it is is there are some who use it to woo players. But really, what I, the thing I see happening the most is, you know, say five teams are in the sweepstakes, you know, that's how many official visits you can take. So say you get down to the final five, you're going to take your official. Well, once you get to that point, what I see is a lot of schools will take what they've offered and, oh, by the way, here's an NIL potential. So what I'm seeing, there are some who use NIL as a recruiting tool, but what I'm really seeing is a lot of them who like to sweeten the pot with NIL, where, hey, we're a winning program, we can offer you this scholarship money, Oh, you want we're in your finals. Oh, well, here's an extra oomph, so to speak. Right. Um, just to try to get that up. I see. I'm seeing that a lot in softball. And I'm seeing that even more, especially than just the well. Here's an NIL that will come to us kind of thing that we see in some of the other sports. And then finally, I know there's a report circulating about DJ Gasso potentially on his way to Arkansas. I don't. I don't know if we're going to have as crazy of a coaching carousel as both you and I thought at the World Series, Justin, but there is a potential that it's also just getting started, too. But uh, it seems as if it's kind of been a quiet offseason in, in coaching news so far. No, it has. Um, I, you, I remember you and I did think about that, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were both expecting you know, expecting some, some movement this summer. And one thing I think is interesting in, in softball particularly is, you know, normally um, it, it's softball has the last few years, even post-COVID, we've seen softball following that path of 
what you see in, in the, the mainstream sports, the footballs and the basketballs, where if you don't win, program's not a winning program, out the door. Like we've seen athletic departments put a little more care into actually building a winner versus just, oh, well, softball's here. We have to have a softball program. And, you know, the coach is a nice person, so we're going to keep them. <laughs> um, this year, one thing I think we've seen is that reversed. I mean, we've seen some contract years and, and coaches, you know, out the door kind of deal seen some retirements and things like that. But in large part, I think we've actually seen a reversal of those fortunes. And I'm not sure what that means for the sport. I don't, I, I'm, I'm conflicted on whether it's a good or a bad thing. Um, it, it, certainly we don't need to reverse the progress we've made as a sport. And I'm not saying that this flow coaching carousel is doing that, but I do think it's something to keep an eye on because as much as we talk about growing the sport of softball and, you know, t- taking all the good things and the TV ratings and the popularity and all that, you know, with it comes, you know, you're going to put more money in the program where well, you've got to win. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's the fact that it is a slow carousel, I think, is a precursor to at least keeping an eye on certain aspects of what it means for the game as a whole and where, where our progress and where we're going. Mm, interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Oh, you shocked by uh, any of the rule changes? We're not going to be able to complain about a pitcher leaping anymore, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of the assumption. I think that was always <laughs> going to be the thing because – you talk about it's an international play, and it, you know even even USA softball and USA have allowed that rule in their competitions the last couple of years. So I think we were always headed that way. Um, the one thing I was actually not surprised by was the lack of a pitch clock as an uh, like it's an optional thing, like a physical pitch clock is an optional thing. I was actually not surprised that they that they made it optional and not mandatory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be mandatory just based on the discussions in the you know, World Series and in the postseason as a whole. Um, but I, the fact that they made it optional, I think, was something that I, I kind of wonder what they were going to do. But when they made it optional, kind of thing, and um, that actually didn't surprise me because I think I think that's one of those things, kind of a catch twenty two. And I think the rules committee realized that. Um, but all in all, this rule change, you're actually not, not a whole lot surprised me. Um, there was some expected stuff, just some stuff that they, you know, the extra replay allowances and stuff like that. Um, but this, this was one rule change proposals that didn't surprise me so much. I wonder, too, Justin, if it becomes now, hey, we're not going to pass the quote-unquote official pitch clock, but umpires, you got to start doing a better job of enforcing. What is it? The ten five five. Let's let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's start enforcing that more. Uh, all right, listen, man. I I could talk to you all day. I know you're busy. Oh, I know. Me too. <laughs> uh, let, let people know they can find you on Twitter uh, at uh, nothing but the facts, ma'am. Correct. Uh, just fact. Just fact. Oh, my gosh. I'm off to a roaring start today. And ExtraInningSoftball.com. No man has a better grip on what's going on in the portal than Justin McLeod. Justin, thanks for hanging with us, man. Can't wait to read what's next. We'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate you, sir. Always fun. You're the man. Love that, dude. They do a fantastic job of covering the sport. Fantastic job. Anything? Okay. That- it, it, help me out here. You guys know sometimes I need I need it explained to me like I'm five. But when he was talking about how slow the coaching carousel has been, I found it fascinating because I read it as, hey, there's some areas that should have made changes this offseason, and when they didn't, it's it's hurting the sport. Did I did I read too much into that? 
Or was it more just, hey, listen, I'm concerned about how slow the hiring process has been because you have these new open positions and we got to go. So I, I, I think you can leave that a little bit open to interpretation unless I completely misunderstood what he was saying. But I thought it was a fascinating insight into where we are at the portal right now and where we are with just the sport in general. And perhaps good news on Vodder. I don't, I don't know about Kern, though. Well, he, he said Pac-12. I know. That's, I still think this is Chris Pl- <clears throat> This is just my opinion. I still think that if Oklahoma says they want her, I think she'll be a Sooner. That's me. That's Chris Plank's opinion. Does the Erickson move make it more likely? Maybe so. And then if I know they don't really play the same position, but just in terms of, hey, let's add a bat. Yeah. But again, like I said, I have no inside sources. It's just my theory. Quick break. It is 10. Look at us somewhat staying on the clock. TJ is going to be so happy. It's 1020 on the ref. All right. It's the Plank Show right here on the ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. I I have this stuff from Lugs from Sunday I wanted to play, too. Did you want to get Mitch Sherman on tomorrow? Talk a little Jordy, talk a little Nebraska football, too? Yeah, I, think it'd be, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. I guess the athletics slash Andy Staples world, everyone's kind of keeping things on the down low until July 1. And then what's happening? Well, it's my understanding that Andy Staples is is joining an entity that has been growing rather rapidly and that the Athletic will make their main college football dude, Ari Wasserman. So you'll like have the Ari and Andy wars. Let's go. Even though they're better together. <laughs> nice. So uh, so where's Andy going? Who's growing? I can't. I, it's not official. I don't want to bust it out. I'll leave that up for you. And I don't know if it's all over the interwebs yet. But yeah. Okay. There is somebody that's been successful at doing this before that is doing this again and apparently is having a lot of success. Here, turn the microphones off. Uh, you get it? You got uh, no, no. From a recruiting standpoint? Well, I, it's been okay. known. It's yeah, been known. I, I got you. So I was hoping to get Andy on, but I think he's kind of going a little radio silence. I'll, I'll find out. We'll see him on on three soon. <laughs> My favorite thing, by the way, from – all of these people is when they're like, hey, like, don't, whatever you do, I, let's not really say anything. Let's not really get anything out there. And then literally everybody is like talking about it on the internet. It's, like, it's exciting, though. If you're a college football fan, this is the golden age. How you're long? getting more coverage of college football and recruiting than you could ever possibly stomach. My God, people, you have a 24-7, 365 uh, website, plural, that are nothing but interaction on it with message boards uh, and uh, – some of you moderators, it's okay to nap every now and then. But we've got, in Casey and Brian Vineyard, committed to college football. talk. Now, we covered college sports as a whole, but you get college football and a daily show from 2 to 3 on recruiting. This is the golden time for college football information. How and they couldn't until, give us anything uh, on June 27th. How long until Terry Shannon starts the next website? Uh, Sell this one and then make Yeah, that's a one. good question. Do you know, uh, can I tell you something, too? For some reason, I always want to call him Rodney Terry. I don't know how that got stuck in my mind. It's like Rodney Terry. That's Rodney Terry. Anyway, we'll, 
we'll get those dudes on. I'll get Mitch on then tomorrow or Thursday or Friday. That's we got a lot we could talk about with uh, Nebraska. This is a question that's been popping in quite a bit, and I, I'm not a big political guy. I'm uh, I, I I struggle sometimes with talking about certain topics on the air because I absolutely know just how polarizing it can be. What's the great line from Michael Jordan allegedly? What Republicans wear sneakers to? So I'm very open on all political sides, and I understand every single faith-based side. With that in mind, Kevin from Stillwater <laughs> writes, and I'm just going to keep this generic. Is there any potential that there could be some backlash based on the religious foundation of the OU softball team? I'm not saying that I'm against it or anything like that. It's just a thought I had. It's hard to find a good reason for an athlete to leave, but it's just something that's been in my mind. I, I uh, edited that up just a little bit, Kevin, because I didn't want to mention names. Everyday listener for over a year. Love the show. By the way, dude, I'm also, speaking of growth, I'm blown away with how many people listen to this damn show. Holy smokes. It's awesome. There, Within any university, with any corporation, within any job, there is obviously concerns about any way that you might feel about things religiously, politically, socially affecting those around you or creating an uncomfortable work environment, which is a term that has been used a lot. So in just saying that, I think Patty Gasso has been really smart in saying, this is how I live my life. This is what's worked for me. This is what has worked for this program. By no means are you required or should you feel obligated to do this. It's just been the way that's changed my life. And I think I'm a living, breathing example of what living that life can do for you. And what it can be for you. And I'm a great example. Not that she would selfishly say this. I'm saying it as her. I'm an example of how when you chase that eternal chase to always want to do the right thing and be the right person and live life the right way, it's not a bad way to do things. But again, that's me. That's our program. That doesn't have to be you. It's, it's your choice. And we're going to love you and we're going to embrace you. And we're going to go out and win softball games. You don't have to pray with us. You don't have to go to chapels. Play softball. Immerse yourself in the community. Love what you love. But you're right. Maybe, Kevin, maybe that for some people it's, it's a lot. You know, they're, they're really into Bible study. And I'm really into not. You know, I, who knows? That goes also, Josh, to the overall culture and core of any program too, right? I mean, that's, you, you know what you're getting when you go there. You understand that. Now, maybe... You hear that pitch that I just gave, and you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then when you get there, you're like, I do need a few more people that, you know, around me that aren't that passionate about their their faith or whatever, or have a different way of believing. A lot of different ways to think about it. But no, I've, that's that's popped up a lot. It's been a today popular on the, thought. On the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And, and I just, I don't know. I don't know Jocelyn that well. She's very quiet. There's another one. There's another one that people have been texting in today. Oh, well, 
in the in the end, I never saw her smile. I never saw her happy. She was a very chill person. I mean, that was one thing with her and Nugent. They were just very chill. That very that California vibe from Nugent. That Mike Farron calls it, you know, the California baseball guy, to where they don't act like they're all that competitive. That, but then whenever you're in the fight of it, it's like, oh, let's go. That's to me had a very chill vibe to Nugent, but was fiery when it came to the the art. Erickson was just chill. I don't think she was ever unhappy. But obviously she's on her way somewhere else. And Oklahoma has holes to fill. I am not going to lie to you. I did not think that we would spend an hour and 15 minutes and have to tap into one of our insiders on this news when it broke yesterday. And in fact, in fact, Josh Helmer, I got to say, it's fired me up. It's absolutely fired me up. Part of it might be the calendar. It's June 27th. There's not a lot going on. Part of it might be that, hey, there's a couple of holes. And it's a big topic right now because you're the back-to-back-to-back champions, right? You've won three straight titles. You are the evil empire. We just talk about the faith, but yet you're the evil empire. And we'd like to stay evil, please. (laughs) It's awesome, man. Sports on a rocket ship right now. Absolutely. Quick break. You're uh, full. Rundown of the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is next right here on The Ref. <laughs> I realize when I'm in trouble now, I get a lot of all caps Christophers from the 918. Christopher, OU softball is the show in Norman. Always overestimate radio airtime when it comes to this team. What a great problem to have. Again, it's not a bad thing. I'm not comp- think I'm complaining about coming in here and talking softball. Heck no. I just, I don't know. I'm a little bit surprised by this reaction. Not in a bad way. Y'all have takes on it. How did five eight zero Nate put it? Like an old school <laughs> AC text line day. Chris, you shouldn't be surprised having to talk about softball so much today after yesterday's announcement. OU softball has become a monster and is gaining steam. And with you being the voice, they know you, your show is where they're going to get their fix. That's right. I, again, I'm, I'm not complaining. I just didn't think oh, this thing, this thing's on massive Jocelyn now. that it would be that big of a story. Oh, you're, you're right? talking about somebody that was you, a top ten Signee. When you when you texted me, it was a moment where I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, I just saw Justin's tweet and had a few replies to it. Like I said, and nothing really surprises me anymore. Is Jada Coleman still on the team? Tra still here? Brito's coming back, right? Riley Boone's still. I think they're going to be okay. But in that same vein, I would understand thinking about the future where you right. might be like, "Whoa." The faith of the OU softball program writes the four hundred two. Has been no secret. And it's pretty apparent that if you come to OU, that's part of life and the life of OU softball. It's not, if that's not something someone is comfortable with, it's quite obvious this is not going to be the place for them to come. Again. And no player is force fed this thing either. Yep, exactly. I mean, that's worth pointing out. It's, hey, there's a prayer circle after the game, but. It's not as if uh, it's not as if you're not one of us. If that's you know not your faith and so on and so forth. 
uh, I don't want anything that says anything nice about me. So let's go back to the uh, let's go back to the earlier topics on the program. We'll have more on Jocelyn in the top five stories. What did today. they say that was nice about you? Someone said good point. I don't need to hear that yet. Let's not, especially from Sean, because he's smart. I don't need smart people agreeing with me. Uh, earlier in the program, I brought up my passion for the College World Series and watching. They really saved the two stinkers in this tournament for last, didn't they? <laughs> ten days, nine days of baseball. Ten days you're there in Omaha, nine days of baseball. Everything was good for the most part. And then it just the last two games become blowouts. But in watching that LSU fan winning and celebrating their seventh national championship, pretty cool scene, pretty incredible scene, a scene where LSU fans took over. I asked the question, what can we do? What needs to be done? How can we ensure that the next time Oklahoma goes to Omaha, we're taking the damn thing over? For the 405, for us to really compete in the SEC in baseball, we are going to have to upgrade our facilities. I agree. And I think you see the plans in place for that. You've got another year in the Big 12. Big 12 is by no means soft in baseball. You've got good programs there to continue to fine-tune your Ability. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, let's start digging. Let's start putting brick to cement. Do they even do that anymore? Did they ever do that? I agree with you. Facilities are a must. NIL is going to be a must. Boys, let me tell you something. And girls. People of earth. Let me tell you guys something. And gals. The NIL game in college baseball is strong it is strong and it might not be stronger in any other place in america than it is in the sec lsu strong bama strong probably arkansas arkansas vanderbilt vanderbilt even though they've struggled the last couple of years strong well it makes sense for vanderbilt because they're terrible at everything else correct so you can you can really and, and you could really invest everything in that way. We, we've heard that, too, remember? I mean, you and I have had that conversation with men's basketball that a program like Creighton, okay, this can maybe morph into a little bit of a sleeping giant in some ways because True. here you have this great run in the tournament, and oh, by the way, all of your NIL efforts and energies, it's to men's basketball, right, or for Vanderbilt baseball. Mm-hmm. And that's tough to compete with. You know, your place like Oklahoma where – Football's obviously taken a big piece of the NIL pie. And guess what? Everybody else wants some too, right? Softball's right. here and basketball's here and on and on and on. And then one more quick one here. I, these texts are great. I got to go back through and find some of the other good ones. Because since we're on the fan support and since we're on the the juice and the energy and the upgrade needed for the, for the SEC, just from our perspective, the we in this, do you think Joe C will make any changes to the student section at Owen Field? Or does he need to heading to the SEC? What I'd be curious. What would that entail? Like, what does that look like? I have heard there's some buzz that there might be some work in the future done to actually kind of give a little bit more room on the sidelines. So I don't know if that could also then coincide with a restructuring of the student body 
I mean, is is there's no SEC rule where the student body has to be on the opposite side of the visitors, right? And there's a few schools that have that. None that I've seen recently. But, yeah, I don't know, Josh. I, what would that look like if there was a change made to the student section? Would you want them somewhere else at Owen Field? I wouldn't want them to leave. I would want them to be there early. But that's just me being old man. And I get to games ridiculously early anyway. But when I was in college, we slide right in right before kickoff. I don't know, dude. I what would that look like to you? A place I think in they're the in stadium? a good spot, right? You don't want to put them right on the fifty. Those are, I'm sure, primo seats for people, right? And and it's going to be tough to move them anywhere because everybody's entrenched. Hey, this is my spot. They're right by the, uh, right by the visitors where they're at, right? So. I mean, across from the the visiting bench, I guess, right, would make sense if you just flip flopped it. Maybe if you just flip flopped it. Hmm. The idea, I think, would be it's pretty loud right right behind you, though, right? I just, I, I think you're right. I kind of like where it is. I kind of like where it is. I just, I think you're in a position right now where it's gonna kind of be what it is how about this idea oh i'm listening how about you move the students out of the stadium and take their <laughs> tickets because they don't stick around oh and then kittles asked this question it's a good point did i say one more let me let me get this real quick uno mas says how about having a oh you baseball insider like they do for other big sports on campus um yeah i mean i feel like We've got the ultimate insider in Toby Rowland. But sure, we can do that. I've gotten to know some of those dudes. Now, Kendall, are you wanting to make this just specific to OU? Are you thinking more national, too? Because we could get the Mike Farrens and the Aaron Fitz and the Kendall Rogers on, Eric Sorensen. I think he's saying, I need me a Parker Thune for for baseball. Right. Where's my local OU beat reporter that Hmm. is breaking news left and right? Good question. And I the think, folks that have the info aren't like a Toby Rowland, for example. Then share those infos. That, that's right. And and that's the way that it goes when Chris Plank, folks, knows more than he lets on from time to time. <laughs> what? But uh, I'm not going to tell you. The play-by-play, folks, it, it's not really, you know, some of that information, it's not really in your right. job description to be like, that's hey, right. here's some trade secrets, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what Patty Gasso really thinks about you. Yeah, I'm not – it's not, not ever happening here. 918 writes, uh, there are complaints about the quote-unquote, please welcome to the field during football game timeouts. Why not use those timeouts to introduce baseball, softball, track, gymnastics to the fan base, increase their exposure to 88,000? I've got good news for you. I've got great news for you. They do that. Now, you might argue and say, well, it takes a championship to get that celebration. Fair. But I also, um, I, I mean, there is a lot of in-game reminders at OU football games about other sports. I think, I think there is a lot, Josh, of that. I really do. And if people are complaining about what happens during football timeouts, there's sponsors, there's historical celebrations – their sponsor implementation, you know, you need money. You need money. And (laughs) 
this engine don't run itself. <laughs> so I feel like there's a lot of that that already happens. All right, that that happens, but it's I don't think I don't think it's anything that doesn't happen enough. Makes sense. I think it might. It, it happens, but I wouldn't be like they should be trotting out the softball team. Well, they do. And they'll have a big celebration for their national championship. But if people are complaining about the please welcome to the field, there has got to be downtime. You do got to catch your breath. It's not always we're going to the SEC, and it's not like they're always crazy and yelling and celebrating during timeouts. So everyone's kind of chill. And you do have sponsors you take care of. You have to. You must. You need to. And you have people you want to celebrate beyond just other teams. Season ticket holders, you know, lifelong fans. They, they do. Military members. Yeah, don't you dare take away our kicking for chicken. Kicking for chicken. <laughs> I heard Toby talking about kicking for chicken the other day, uh, and it reminded me of of my personal favorite was the uh, chicken drive. And Coach Merv would get all excited about the chicken drive whenever Raisin Canes was on the broadcast. If you if OU scored on the opening possession of the second half, you would get free chicken for a year. So, and Merv would always out of nowhere. If Oklahoma scores and Toby's giving the rundown, you'd hear Merv go, chicken drive. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, good questions. Good stuff on the text. 405-651-3439. Also, uh, you can use the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Hit us up, 405-329-9000. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Thanks to Justin McLeod, Extra Inning Softball, for coming on with us on short notice. Love that, dude. Uh, and if you missed it, you can find it on the podcast page, kref.com, or search kref, however you consume podcasts. I didn't I didn't notice a lot of my usual Sooner friends all in on the College World Series, and I get that. But it was a, it was maybe a, a few more than I anticipated. And there was a lot of them. It's not like it was the talk of Twitter last night. But, man, LSU, some kind of performance. And that's a team of transfers. But in that team of transfers, what do they have? A solid foundational core of day one dudes. Right? They've got Tommy Tanks. Well, Tommy Tanks transferred from North Carolina State. But he's, you know. Been around the block. He's been around the block a little bit. Um, Oh, gosh. why Why am I blanking on the transfer UCLA pitcher that was so good last night. They, they've got a group of really good young transfers and experienced transfers. But at their core, the Cade Belosos of the world who have been around for a minute. Uh, Jobert has been around for a minute. Have that old boy, by the way, like dislocating his his ankle. What they say? Broke a bone? Coming, Coming home, in to score the 10th uh, run. Yeah. Scores the 10th run and goes down. You're like, whoa. Yeah, that was uh, that was a kind of a spooky moment. Yeah, very cool, man. Very, very cool. Oklahoma, how can we do that? How can we do that? How can you make that kind of atmosphere arrive whenever it comes to, to Omaha for Oklahoma in the future. Congratulations, though, to LSU. Let's not lose sight of, of my envy here, but congrats to them. Has to start at home. Did you know – by the way, Steel Man is putting together a bit for the 
Steel Man and Thune at Noon show, and it involves a car horn honking. And I'm not lying, Josh. About every other time that I hear it, I think something is going on out in the parking lot. I walked around the corner during the last commercial break, and I'm not kidding. I literally looked to see if there was a car honking in the panic parking lot. Panic is set again. There was complete and utter panic. But no, I, a guy like Cade Beloso is an awesome story. Did you know that Beloso got hurt on the first game of the season last year? Celebrating whenever they were playing Maine, and he lost basically the entire season. He hadn't did, he hadn't decided on if he was going to come back to school or not because he was a graduate student. And lo and behold, he comes back as a kid that grew up not a major league baseball fan. Josh, he grew up an LSU baseball fan. Went to John Curtis High School in Nolens, Nolens, and then he leads them to the first national championship in. You know, 13, 14 years. Pretty cool story last night with Cade Beloso. And while it is a team of transfers, you need those foundational guys, and Beloso was one of them. And hit leadoff for the first time all season last night. <laughs> what a story. We got more in the top five stories today coming up next on The Ref.